Hello, I'm Kieran Valley. And I'm Kate Valley. And this is Friday Night at Blockbuster, the podcast about the best and most popular movies of the 2000s. Uh, we teased this pretty heavily last week that we are jumping ahead and we're doing the second movie in a franchise and we're, we're sort of we're skipping over the first one altogether because there is a second Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie coming out this week. So we thought we'd go back to December 3rd, 2004 and do the first second Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, there have now been four second Spider-Man movies. Yes. <laughs> so, but we are doing the Tobey Maguire, the original franchise, the original movies. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're going back to Spider-Man 2. But before we get into the, the actual movie this week, uh, I think we both sort of decided, well, if we're starting with the sequel... And we're sort of disregarding the first movie altogether. Well, actually, like, do you have any thoughts on the first Spider-Man movie? Do you have any memories of watching it when you were younger or what? I, not really. Not necessarily. For me, when I think of Spider-Man, though, it's always Tobey Maguire. I don't think of the Andrew Garfield ones really at all. Um, and even the Tom Holland ones, even though they're the current ones, I still, if somebody says Spider-Man to me, it's always Tobey Maguire that comes into my head. So... We might have this debate a little okay. bit more later on because <laughs> I think the whole Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, uh, Tom Holland, and now you've got... Um, Who plays Miles? Sh- Shamik Moore is the voice of Miles. Okay. And um, yeah, so like I, I guess the, like the debates of like who is Spider-Man and all that sort of stuff, we can, we can maybe get into all that stuff later on. But um, yeah, I think that the first Spider-Man movie, I think came at a time for me especially where like I wasn't really into comics I didn't really you know watch any of that sort of stuff but I definitely um or sorry I didn't really read any of those sort of things but I definitely remember growing up watching the animated Spider-Man uh cartoon show that was on every week or whatever uh I I absolutely loved and watched the like Tim Burton Batman movies and the um the Batman animated series, which is like still holds up as maybe the best Batman thing we've ever had. And then all of a sudden, you know, this live action Spider-Man came in and like, I remember watching the first one a ton, like over and over and over again. And then the second one came and I think I had enough about me to sort of be like, yeah, this is better. Yeah. The second one is better. Even, even, even at that young age, even at this age. Yeah. Like, I think I could definitely watch it and be like, oh, this is a step up. This is a big step up. Yeah. So, like, this is 2004. So, I was 11. Yeah. So, I think when this originally came out, it just wasn't in me to be watching superhero movies. So, I actually don't remember the first time I watched them. Um, I would say it's only in the past couple of years since, like, M- like the MCU universe has really kind of come on and has gotten popular, that that's now I'm into the superheroes because of the new MCU universe being created. But yeah. Okay. Well, before we go too far down the, the Spider-Man two road just yet, we thought, like I was saying, you know, we're skipping over the first movie. We're, we're probably not going to go back and talk about it now. We're, we're, you know, this is where we're starting with the Spider-Man stuff. And so we thought we would talk about other favorite sequels, other favorite 
Second, second movies. Second movies, yeah. We were, you were very clear that I couldn't throw in the sixth Harry Potter or anything like that. Just the second movie. Like, I guess, like, they're technically all sequels, but it does feel a little strange to be like, you know, my favorite sequel is the fifth Harry Potter or the, you know, the... (laughs) Fourth this. The fourth this or, you know what I mean? Whatever, like... The 20th, I, I know the James Bond movies are a little bit different, but like, yes. yeah, like the 24th <laughs> James Bond movie is my favorite sequel. So yeah, we, we decided to limit it to number two movies in the franchise. And so what, what do you got? What are some of your favorites there? So for me, I've got Dark Knight as a favorite of mine. Okay. Even more than the first one. The second one, Dark Knight's always the one I think about. And I've kind of started to get that like... I need to go back and watch them again, especially with his the Oppenheimer the coming Oppenheimer. out coming out later. So I need to go back and get in the Christopher Nolan mindset this summer. I think I don't think it's too far fetched to say that if we're doing a podcast on the most popular movies <laughs> from the decade, that we will eventually do The Dark Knight. However, as much as I can point to The Dark Knight and say it's clearly better than yep. Batman Begins. Batman Begins is my favorite of the is three. Is it? Yeah. That's like, I don't even know if that's like a hipster pick, but <laughs> I just always, I find myself being like, I'd rather rewatch Batman Begins than The Dark Knight. Okay. So, but we, we, we'll get into that. We'll talk about them later. In a future episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got that one. And then I love Ocean's 12. Yeah. Um, so do I. I love Ocean's 12. I love them being in Europe. I love that. Uh, Julia Roberts is a bigger character, the the French guy. Yeah, the Night Fox. Night Fox, thank yeah. you. Uh, I love him. So, like, yeah, Ocean's 12 is a favorite of mine. And then, depending on who you talk to, Angels and Demons is technically a, a, a sequel in the movies, but a prequel in the book. So, depending yeah. on how you talk about it. But, yeah, I love Angels and Demons, too. Yeah, I do not so, like that movie I know you don't, but that's yeah. okay. We've, we've discussed my love of Dan Brown already. So, what are yours? Well, I, with the exception of one movie, I decided to sort of limit myself even further to number two movies that I think are better than the first movie in the franchise. Okay. So, like, I also love Ocean's 12, you know, I, you know but I don't think it's better than Ocean's 11. But I, I like, I love that movie. It would definitely be a favorite sequel but I don't think it's better than 11. Okay. So the only exception that I have is the two towers because I am still a fellowship of the ring guy. That's my favorite Lord of the Rings movie, but the two towers to me is still perfect. It's a perfect movie. It's just not my favorite of the three. So I would have that as a favorite sequel for sure. Beyond that, I've already said that I love the, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Batman returns is like, probably my most watched Batman movie. Um, really? Yeah. Like we, I say we, it was really me and our brother Brayden kind of grew up with that movie. It was like oh, one okay. of like five movies we had in the house. And it's so like, we just watched it over and over and over again. If people are picking up on themes, we just don't own movies. Apparently. No. Like yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> six movies. <laughs> but like, um, I, yeah, I just, I remember for a long time, not even realizing that it was a sequel. Cause I don't think I'd, watched or fully understood that there was a movie before it oh, it was okay. just the batman movie that we had and so that i wanted to watch batman. batman i watched batman returns and so yeah so that's absolutely one of my favorite uh sequels before sunset which is a movie that we'll probably do uh i think that's the best in the in the series in the three movies so that's absolutely in there 
Lethal Weapon 2 with the diplomatic immunity and the South Africans. That's absolutely in there. Empire Strikes Back, probably the best Star Wars of or Star Wars movie in the franchise. The Bourne Supremacy, another movie that we'll probably get to. That's my favorite in the franchise. And then we talked about it just recently, but The Godfather 2. Yes. Is, yeah, like, I don't know. What more is there to say? I'm surprised Paddington 2 wasn't on this list. Well, the the Paddington 2 thing, I think, came down to, it. do I truly think it's better than the than the original? And it's sort of like okay, so six maybe in it's... one, half a dozen in the other. Like, I think that would maybe fall into the two towers category of Where like... It's, you love, like, it's your favorite, yeah. but it's not necessarily better. Okay. I, think, I think I just love them both equally. And oh, so therefore, okay. like, how could I possibly... It's Sophie's choice. Yeah, how could I possibly single out one or the other? But um, did you hear the, they're going into production on the third one? Are they actually? This summer. This summer. It's coming out this summer. I think they're going back to uh, deep, dark Peru. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I think that's where the story is, is headed back to. So, yeah, so, so fingers crossed we'll see. In a couple of years, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, probably a year or two, I'd say. Like, if, they, if they're filming it this summer or, like, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the turnaround is on it. But, yeah, yeah, they're... I saw Here, that. He has the biggest grin on everybody. He's saw, so excited. I saw that news like a couple months ago and I was just like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Like, <laughs> can they top perfection? They've done it once already. But um, yeah, so there's a couple of our favorite sequels. I don't know. Like when you hear that a sequel is coming out, are you like really excited to go check like to, to a sequel that, or a sequel to a movie that you already like? Are you really excited about it? Or like, you know, the flip side of that conversation then is like, if a sequel's not very good, does it diminish how you feel about the original movie? I wouldn't say it never diminishes it. The excitement is kind of split down the middle. I'm excited because I get to go back to the world of a movie that I already love. I had a hard time, or I have a hard time picking favorite sequels because I love first movies because that's when you get introduced to the character and you get way more backstory on characters. And that is something that I always love and we've talked about before that if I get dropped in the middle of a story, sometimes I feel a bit confused and I'm just like, but why? Like, I don't understand people's intentions. So yeah, it's kind of hit and miss, I think. Um, but like I've said, the three that I had picked, there's a few others probably as well that maybe the second ones were slightly better. But when I was just looking at my list, I was like, nope, those are the three that if I had to pick or if somebody was like, we're not doing the first one, we're only doing the second one. I was like, yeah, well, I'm happy enough to watch that. So, I think for me, like I always sort of get a little annoyed with people where they're sort of like you know such and such movie or show or whatever came out and is not received very well, and then they're sort of like, yeah, it ruined my childhood because I grew up on this other thing, and it's like just keep watching the other thing. Like, yeah, just you don't need to watch the new one at all, sort of thing. But it's not a true sequel, so I don't know if it necessarily fits in this conversation. But I really, really enjoyed Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok. Okay. And then I watched Thor Love and Thunder a little while ago. And I was sort of like, oh, like, do I need to rewatch Thor Ragnarok? And like, was I wrong? Like, did, like. Put on different glasses and yeah, rewatch? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But yeah, there, there's something about watching Love and Thunder where I was sort of like, hmm, maybe Ragnarok wasn't as good as I thought it was. But yeah, I I did not revisit because you know I'm not, just leave leave the happy memories alone. I'm gonna alone. leave well enough alone. Yeah, so we can we can we can move on now to the to you know Spider Man and and the movie that we're actually here to talk about. And so 
for anyone who hasn't seen it, which based on how well this did at the box office, I don't think there's that many people who haven't no. seen it. But uh, for anyone who hasn't, Kate, can you give them a brief plot description? So Spider-Man 2, we're following Tobey Maguire. He's now been Spider-Man for two years, yeah. two and a bit yeah, years, I think. I think two years, yeah. Kind of what I've guessed. He's kind of fallen a bit into his own. He's got his kind of routine down. He's gone away to university. He's doing that as Peter Parker. He's doing subpar, I would say. Um, he's living out on his own. But then on the flip side, him as Spider-Man, he's doing pretty well. He's going around, saving everybody, being that neighborhood man. But then he starts to kind of lose his powers a bit, kind of get in his head, starts to kind of think, is he doing the right thing? Is this what he should be doing? All of that. His friend, uh, Harry Osborne, uh, who's played by James Franco, has now lost his father in the end of the first one and is coming up in Oz- Oscorp, I think is yeah, the yeah, company. The family company. The family company. Yeah. And so he's coming up in the world kind of wants revenge on Spider-Man because he thinks that's who killed his dad. He goes and starts helping out uh, Dr. Octavius. Yeah. I'm trying to remember his actual name and not what he gets called. Uh, Dr. Octavius, who's creating something. I still kind of don't totally understand. It's a new energy source. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So helps him create that. Dr. Octavius ends up in a lab failure lab catastrophe becomes dr ock and is the bad guy and yeah so spider-man then has to decide does he help the world or does he just sit and wallow in his bedroom so well yeah it's like a real sort of existential crisis for peter parker and spider-man this movie because it does sort of boil down to like being spider-man is ruining his life as peter parker yeah because he's finding it very difficult to do both and I think that's why I love this movie is like, yeah, there's not many. Well, like there are a few superhero movies that deal with this concept of like the duality of the character, but I don't find many do it this well where like we spend a long time with, with Peter Parker, with Peter Parker and we see everything that's happening to him and we see how much of a toll being Spider-Man is. And then at the, like, I looked at it, because when it happened, I paused it because I was curious. It's at almost exactly the midway point of the movie that he makes the decision to stop being Spider-Man. Okay. And so we get, like, we get over an hour where we get evidence after evidence after evidence of being like, this is hard. This is not fun. Yeah. And then when he makes that decision, I think, when because they waited so long, we're kind of sitting there, or at least I'm sitting there being like, yeah, I get it. Like... I fully understand why he is giving up as Spider-Man. And then, you know, the next hour of the movie is more or less him realizing like, oh no, I, I need to, I need to do this. So I, I just think it's like, it's a really, really well thought out. It's a really, really well paced movie. Um, and like it, it earns the big questions and answers that it's, it's asking and, and answering and stuff. I think it earns them. Whereas, you know, other movies that try to do this, like, they would give up as the superhero within 20 minutes. You know what I mean? And sort of like, well, I don't really understand why, you know, you're you're kind of giving up a little easily here. Whereas, you know, Peter Parker, his fucking life is ruined basically being Spider-Man. That's true. What I liked about it is I found Peter Parker and Spider-Man 
two very distinct characters watching it this time through. Yeah. Like, you get Peter Parker, who is a klutz, who is, like, not together, disorganized life, all of that. And then you get Spider-Man, who seems an organized guy, can see that 50 feet ahead of him, see three steps ahead, whatever, and stuff. And I enjoyed it this time, because I don't think I would have picked up on that when I was younger, that, like, they are two kind of two people, two entities yeah, in one yeah, body, yeah. which is kind of cool. So I think like the thing that you have to remember about Peter Parker in this movie is that he's probably sleep deprived. Yes. And so like <laughs> that's just his normal state. But yeah, like I think I think Tobey Maguire does a pretty good job of like, you know, giving you or making you feel sympathetic for the Peter Parker character. And like a lot of this goes to Sam Raimi as well, the director, but they make you very sympathetic for the Parker character and the Spider-Man stuff is thrilling, but it's still filmed in a way that's sort of like, Oh man, like, you know, this is going to fuck up his date with Mary Jane. This is yeah. going to, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't sort of let you forget that by deciding to chase crime or do this or do that. Like he is actively missing out on another part of life that's important and it's like this is yeah so that was one of my first questions that i had typed out for you is would you be peter parker and go see mary jane at the play or would you go stop the criminals stop the bad guys in the car chase no i'm a very selfish person i'm going to the play (laughs) you want the girl (laughs) i want the girl because especially if the girl is kirsten dunce (laughs) i want the girl so (laughs) yeah like Sorry, the the cops. Eventually, the cops have to stand on their own two feet. Like they've got, they've got to step up here. It's a major city. We can't have one guy being the the reason that crime is plummeting or or whatnot. Like Spider Man gives up, and within weeks, crime rate is shot up like yeah. hundreds of percent. And you're just like, the cops doing nothing. Like what's going on here? So yeah, I'm I'm going to the play. I'm not okay. missing. I'm not missing the play. Although if the play was the importance of being earnest. Maybe skip that one. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Maybe I would go say save, save or get to catch the criminals, but show up yeah. at the end, show it, show up for a curtain call, maybe. Yeah, like I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think like there would be a part of me that would sort of take Peter aside and be like, just read the cliff notes and then go exactly. at the, go at the end and be like, You were fantastic and give her flowers and like yeah. Oh, I was standing at the back. They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me go sit down at my seat at the front. It's not a new play. So (laughs) they've been doing this play for over a hundred years. The book has existed. Like we know, they probably read it in high school. We know what the story (laughs) is. We know what the story is. Like they're not doing a you know a new twist on it. So like, do you really need to be there to see the story? I don't know. So you kind of talked about it a little bit, and we kind of teased at the beginning. Do you have a favorite Spider-Man out of the four? Okay. Let's do this Let's right now. Let's do this yeah. right now. Okay. I will say I've seen all of the Spider-Man movies. Um, it takes me a while sometimes to get to them, but I have seen them all. And I was pretty on board with the whole, you know, somebody, this person's a better Spider-Man, but this person's better Peter Parker and all this sort of stuff. And it normally, I think, comes down to Tom Holland is maybe like the best of both. Yes, you know that's I mean? what like, I've seen online too. I think like some people are like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man is good, but like his Peter Parker isn't great because he was like 30 years old when he was making these movies, things like that. Rewatching this, I haven't watched this movie in a long time, but rewatching that or rewatching Spider-Man 2 this week, I think Tobey Maguire is pretty exceptional as as both. And I think 
it's the movies are helping him out in a big, big way. I think Andrew Garfield is unfortunately at the bottom last. of the list. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's the, what I've kind of. His movies are just not very good, so it doesn't help. Yeah. Um, the, the things I had seen online was Tobey Maguire gets Peter Parker's like awkwardness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like the, like I've said, like the klutziness, all of that. Andrew Garfield is almost too cool to be Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Or yeah. sorry, too cool to be Peter Parker. Like yeah. Peter Parker is supposed to kind of be a bit a, of an outcast, a bit of an outcast, yeah. a bit geeky kind of things like that. And like Andrew, Far- Andrew Garfield, sorry, is too cool for that. And like Tom Holland has kind of that nice balance where he can be a bit geeky, but he's not so geeky that like. Well, now nerds are cool. Yeah, n- like so right. That's, so that's the the thing. Like he can still be cool and a nerd. Yeah. So yeah, I would agree. Tom Holland's kind of the nice mix of everybody. Yeah. But yeah, like I've said at the start, if I think Spider Man, I probably still think Tobey Maguire over any of them. Not to say Tobey Maguire is my favorite. Tom Holland probably is mine. Yeah. But I still just think Tobey Maguire. Well, and like, not to leave him out of the conversation at all, but because it's a voice performance, you do tend to maybe forget about yeah. Shamik more. I I think Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, is the best Spider-Man movie out of all of them. Okay. Like 10, 12 movies that we've got at this point. I would absolutely listen to any argument that says spider-man into the spider-verse is the best spider-man movie i would i would not argue with somebody who had that viewpoint because it's a pretty phenomenal movie i'm I'm actually like excited for excited for the second one because i think like now we all know what they're doing and i think you know a couple more years of them perfecting the animation, doing this, doing that. I think it could be very something very, very special. But to stay with the live action Spider-Man, the thing that I think gives Tobey Maguire a boost is that I just think his movies are better on the whole than any of the other twos. Like Andrew Garfield's movies are probably the two worst movies. And then Tom Holland's for me are somewhere in the middle. And I think the thing of the the big thing there is that Sam Raimi, the director of these the first three movies, he just gets it in a way that I don't think any of the other directors have fully understood this character. And like I don't wanna be whatever about this point, but like his nickname is quite literally your local neighborhood Spider-Man. And like Tom Holland's off in space fighting aliens. And, and, sort of like, and over in Europe. <laughs> yeah, like, have we lost touch of what this is supposed to be about? Like, they, what I find about the MCU movies, the MCU Spider-Man movies, is that they, like, they want their cake and, you know, to eat it too sort of thing. Where, like, at the end of the first Spider-Man movie, he's like, no, I just want to be, you know, I, they, they wanted him in the Avengers or whatever. And he was like, no, no, I'm just going to be in my neighborhood. Yeah. But by the time the next time he shows up in an MCU movie, he was like globe trotting around. Yeah. See, you know what I mean? So it's like they didn't even have one movie where he was the local guy. That's true. You know what I mean? Like within one movie, he was already off on crazy adventures around the world and in space and doing all this sort of shit. It's sort of like, okay, so like you just totally lost touch of what this character is supposed to be. Whereas with the Raimi movies, 
not only does he always kind of stay in New York more or less, but like he is constantly interacting with New Yorkers. And I think that just continually brings this back to like, he is important to the community and the community is important to him. And like, there's that great scene in this movie after the train fight scene where he saves a whole bunch of people. And then like, they all look at him and like, you get no mask on. You get these great moments with actual regular people. And I think like the MCU Spider-Man movies have just like completely lost touch with this. Like he's supposed to be like an on the ground guy. You know, it's not big stakes. It's not world domination. All this sort of like, you know what I mean? Like he's fighting one guy in the neighborhood. Yeah. That's what these movies are tend to be about. And I think that comes back to Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi just understands this material better than any of the other directors have. Yeah, the one thing I did note in this one, and it's probably because it's, you know, 20 or 30 years ago or whatever, uh, 20 years ago, like, it's just the lack of tech. Like, he is, which I, I love MCU and I love all the techie things, but sometimes it is just like, okay, that's too much. Like, yeah too much is happening now and like okay his his suit can do that now too like okay well i think like like, sorry to interject but i think it's very clear that the mcu want spider-man to be the new iron man yeah and so like they're giving him an iron man suit as spider-man because they knew that well like a robert downey jr was basically in his cameo phase at that point anyways but like they knew he was being he was going to get phased out and so they need somebody else to kind of step into that role and so it's like yeah they're that's who he is now. Yeah. And so, like, I love... I do love that this one just has basically almost no tech. I don't think he has anything, really. He doesn't have a computer. He doesn't have... Nope. Like, a police scanner. Nope. Nothing. He just... Yep. He's just swinging around. Swinging and around the city. If, if the spidey sense goes <laughs> off, it goes off. But, like, that's about it. I, I think, like, it's it's played for a bit of a joke in the movie. Um, But I think one of the, one of the big scenes to that point is the scene where he's in the elevator with the guy because he's he's lost his powers or whatever. <laughs> Up on the roof. <laughs> yeah, he's lost his powers. And he, so he's taking an elevator down. And the guy thinks he's wearing a Spider-Man costume. And he's like, that's a great costume. Like, where'd you get it? And he's like, oh, I made it myself. And he's like, it looks, you know, it looks great. And he's like, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little itchy. And it's sort of like, yeah, this is supposed to be, A, a high schooler at the time who made this suit on yeah. his own. Like, he's not going to know how to make a high tech perfect suit. <laughs> suit. Like he's going to use whatever materials he has lying around and it's probably not going to be comfortable because <laughs> if I had to make my own clothes, they would not be comfortable. No, no. <laughs> like you just don't know what you're doing. So yeah, I think, I think it's a great point that like the lack of tech also just grounds them. Like you've said, just grounds this movie in, in sort of the, like, we're not sitting here being like, this is, italian neorealism you know what i mean like it's still a superhero movie <laughs> yes but at the same time like i think yes they they do take great pains to sort of be like this is a little fantastical but it could be real we will show you some reality at the yeah. same time so yeah i just i appreciate that i think yeah so if we're if we if we're sort of talking about um peter parker and spider-man is like two different characters i think do you have a favorite moment in the first half where Peter is just continually shit on time and time again? Like, was there a moment where you're sort of like, that would have been my breaking point? 
it probably would have been, I think it's quite early on when he's going to work. It might be like kind of the opening sequence for him or whatever. And he's driving his scooter up on on the sidewalk and he sees Mary Jane's photo and, oh, I just love her, but like I can't be with her and I just want her to know. And he gets to work and his boss is like, I have a 29 minute guarantee and you're late and you have to get 41 blocks in seven minutes. I would have just been like, I would have just been like, I would have just left, been like, bye. And like, he does his best to get there. And I think he gets there three minutes later or whatever. And when he gets back to work, his boss is like, nope, you're fired. And just like rips the sticker off his helmet. Yeah. yeah. Every time. Just like, okay. <laughs> like Couple things. So I was, I was, I don't normally do this, but I was writing down like sort of just like stray observations that I was sort of like, I don't know how to bring this up. Okay. Or if I will get to, but like, I just like. Random point. Random point. Okay. I've recently been to New York. There is not a pizza place in that city that would A, take on this like, yeah, we'll deliver it in 30 minutes or less and it's free. And B, be like, yeah, we're going to deliver 44 blocks. Yeah. There's no fucking way. He probably passed 300 pizza places in those 44 yeah, blocks. I think, I think you kind of said there was one kind of every other block. There's one on every corner. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a pizza place on every corner. There's no way one pizza place... Is going to be like, yeah, 44 blocks away, done. We'll take that order. In no chance. Minutes. No fucking chance. The, the other thing the other thing about the the whole 30 minutes are free thing is like, I don't know when that happened, but we're, we've just totally gotten away from that. And I don't know why we as a society have allowed pizza places to just be like quietly bury that policy. They all had that policy at one they point did. or another. And it's all, none of them have it anymore. I had, it's all gone. I had friends in university or high school or something that lived outside of the town and pretty much they lived 30 minutes away from the pizza place so they often got their pizza for free just like right in that catchment zone yeah yeah Yeah. so i was lucky enough once or twice in my life but yeah were you yeah more often than not they got there quite literally with seconds to go and then you're sort of like ah like come on i could make a stink (laughs) but like yeah fair enough fair enough so yeah, I think I think there's like there's a lot of good stuff because again, like Sam Raimi is a bit of a, I think he he's a bit of a jokester, and so he likes to put in these visual gags, being like, like this guy's life sucks, it fucking sucks. So yeah, what is what's yours? Well, I love there's the one scene. Um, I think it's after after he tries to get to the play and then and then he misses it and then he sees MJ go off with the other guy, and he's walking down the street. And it's just like one photo of her play, like her face advertising yes. play. And then he walks up and then there's another, and then there's another, and then there's another. And then he like slowly keeps walking and it's like a whole wall of posters. And then like it pulls back and you see that the wall goes on forever yeah. with posters. And then it pulls back more and he's dragging his, his scooter <laughs> because it got run over by a car. And you're just like, this is so great. Like the pile on of shit. <laughs> That he has to go through yep. just to walk home is there like that is so funny uh, and like so well done. But I think like I, I think I've already like sort of brought up this point. But I think by by structuring the movie like this, where the first half of the movie continually shows how difficult it is to be Peter Parker if you're also trying to be Spider Man. By doing that, once he makes the decision to be like, no, I am going to be Spider Man. This is my calling. This is my responsibility, whatever. That 
that decision then becomes incredibly heroic in and of itself because we see how hard it is. Yep. And like, I think that's what I mean by like other, certainly other superhero movies haven't really tackled that idea. Like we, we get a lot of the, like, you know, the, the superhero can't reveal the identity because of the loved ones in their lives. We totally understand that. And, and, you know, Spider-Man does that continually in this movie, but we don't really get to see the actual toll on their lives in the way that we do with Spider-Man 2. No, I would say now thinking about it, I'm excited for future Tom Holland ones because at the end of the last one, that has happened. He created chaos and he basically went and was like, everybody in the world needs to forget because they all found out he was Spider-Man. And he's like, everybody needs to forget that I'm Spider-Man, which then means he was erased from everybody's minds. He had already lost his Aunt May at this point. Spoiler for anybody who hadn't seen this new one. And so I'm excited to see him because he's back on his own. He's got no friends, no loved ones. I don't think he really has any more tech and stuff. And so he's kind of now going back to hopefully this kind of Spider-Man where he'll be in town saving local people and helping the locals. So here's here's my thing about that point. Oh. It's a fair point. Okay. Okay. You know, well, I, well, when, when they find, let's let's start there. When like Karen semi complimented me. When so. they when they actually did that at the end of the third Tom Holland movie, I was sort of like, okay, interesting, interesting place to end. You know, this little run of movies. I don't trust the MCU to see that through. No. No, I think within the first thirty minutes of whatever future Spider-Man movie comes out, he will have reestablished some sort of relationship with Ned and and the MJ characters and Daya's character in, in that movie because Tom Holland is dating Zendaya. Yes. Apparently. <laughs> presumably, you know, allegedly, whatever. The people at Marvel and Disney are not gonna not let those two be on screen together. Be on screen together and share time together and do press tours together. So like the next movie will absolutely involve the two of them getting back together in some shape or fashion okay um so yeah i just i don't see the mcu having the courage to like follow through on that endeavor and so it's like it's a little bit like to what i was saying where at the end of the first spider-man movie he's like no i just want to be a local guy but then at the start of the next movie he was like off on adventures and you're just like oh okay so like he's never just the local guy i think they're gonna do something similar where it's like yes third movie ends and he has made this decision to Go back to basics, go back to a, a life on, you know, as an outcast on his own. But I think by the, the start of the fourth movie, they will all be buds again. Yeah. Because, yeah, they they can't they can't not have those two on screen sharing time together. So, okay. yeah, it's not going to happen. One of the scenes that I think gets brought up as maybe a negative in this movie or as like a detraction of this movie is the raindrops keep falling on my head montage. And so this is this is the montage immediately after he decides to not be Spider-Man. And then we get a brief sort of, you know, four or five minute montage where Peter puts his life back together. And because, he, you know, he's not got the time. Yes. He's not got the time to do his homework. He's got the time to see friends. He's got the time to put in, you know, into work and all this sort of stuff. Uh, crucially, he's got the time to sleep. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to not 
keep bringing up the fact that this poor guy <laughs> is probably I, no sleep ever running on empty all the time. So, uh, yeah, but I think, I think people just don't like the sort of shift in tone of that montage. And then it ends on a very quick freeze frame. And I think people don't like it, but I was sitting there being like, I love every second of this. What's the freeze frame? At? The freeze frame is right at the very end of the montage where I think um, uh, Professor Connors is like, you know, good job today, Peter. And Peter like smiles and then moves on. Okay. And it's sort of like, it is quite awkward. And it <laughs> sort of doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I, again, I think that's just Sam Raimi being like, let's fuck around. Like, let's have some fun here. Let's have some fun. We're yeah. making a $200 million Spider-Man movie. Like, who gives a shit? Let's have some fun. And to me, it's like, that is, I, I just would love more franchise movie make filmmakers to just be like fuck it like just kind of have fun make fun of themselves yeah. make fun of the situation yeah like this yeah. is all silly this is all silly let's be silly i think i think some people don't like it because then it, it does sort of remind them or, or prime them for the horrible dance sequence in the third movie which like i agree is not good oh see i have no um, memories of the third one oh, i was trying to remember yeah because we are doing number two i we Should've, will not uh, be doing three. That's fine. I could say that right now with absolute confidence. <laughs> I should have gone back and watched one and then two to kind of remind myself. But as right. I was watching two, I was kind of like, no, I I remember the big strokes of the movie, kind of the big themes and stuff. And then it finished and I was like, I actually have no idea when number three goes. Can't remember. Don't remember that movie at all. So no, Number three is where they introduce uh, Venom. Oh, okay. And, and so like, you know, you then get sort of not only do you get the duality of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but you get the duality of, you know, I, I don't know how to say this, but like red suited Spider-Man versus black suited Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there, there is a, like, you know, as, as the venom, whatever starts taking over Peter's life, there is a very, very horrible dance scene. Okay. And like, I'm not going to say that Tobey Maguire isn't a good actor, but he certainly should not be dancing. He's not a good dancer. He's not a dancer. I, I will say that, you know, so yeah. yeah. But there, there's something, I don't know, the, the raindrops montage. First of all, the the first time this song was used in a movie, I think, was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which I just like love. One of my favorite movies. Okay. But so the fact that like they put it in this movie for like this ridiculous montage, I'm just like, this is fucking great. I love all of this. Should we talk about our villain in the movie? We Doc Ock? Yeah, we haven't really talked about him yet. Well, I didn't bring him up because you seemed a little confused about what his plan was. <laughs> so, like, what what do you got? What are your notes on him? You don't even know what he's doing. I just couldn't totally... And it sometimes happens with some movies. Like, once they start getting very science-y, I just, like, my brain switches off. Yeah. And stuff. And so... He's trying to make a new power source. Okay. So that was that, the big that, thing. That like replicates the power of the sun. Okay. I didn't totally understand that. I knew he needed these arms or these extra limbs because his hands can't touch the, various things. Yeah, so he needs yeah. these guys that can and stuff. And he had the little chip at the back of his head and that's supposed to keep him in control of the arms. And sure enough, anytime anybody says, but I'm going to be in control the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's not going to happen. But yeah, so I thought I enjoyed him as a villain. I so I love Alfred Molina. 
I think he's a phenomenal actor and he shows up in so many great things. Like he's always kind of like the side character, but it, when he shows up as a side character, you're like, oh, great, great. Like, you know, we're in good hands. I just find, I think the first two movies did this really well. And I'm not certain if some of the other Spider-Man movies have done it as well, but like the first two villains were played by Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, who are just like, wildly overqualified yes. to be villains in a Spider-Man movie. And so you're sort of like, oh, this is great. This is yeah. great, great stuff because these two actors, like, they know how to ham it up, Willem Dafoe in particular. They know how to ham it up, but not sort of become a caricature. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it still works in yeah. the movie, but they're sort of, again, like I was saying with the raindrops thing, they're sort of like, this is silly. So, like, Let's not be too serious here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, I think that can go off the rails as well. And we've certainly seen things like that before where it's sort of like, oh, this was, you, you sort of lost it a little bit. You know, um, although he's having a good time, Jim Carrey in the in the Batman movie, um, was it Batman Forever, I think? Uh, it's a little much. It, yeah. It's, it's, you know, and Tommy Lee Jones, we I'm not giving him not letting him off the hook either like he yeah he fully goes off the rails but um i think like the the two of them are just like really really great in these roles and then it it gives because they're so great you then do start to maybe understand their motivations and why they're doing certain things and i think with any good villain like you need to you need to be able to see their point of view and be like from that from their perspective what they're doing is the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, even if they're totally crazy where, you know, Doc Ock is not like that. Like he's just like completely focused on this one thing, but by being focused on this one thing, he's putting everybody in danger. So do you have a favorite villain in comic books? Oh, um, yeah, Jesus, that's hard. Um, like it's hard to overlook the Joker. Yeah. Cause he just like, he's such a wild card. And you don't really know where things are going to go. And we've had, you know, I don't really like the Joker movie, but we have had like numerous great actors play the character all very differently. So like, he's also like, obviously the character is like open to interpretations, different interpretations, different ideas, right? Where, you know, I think, I guess it would depend on the movie, but like, I don't see how you could play Doc Ock wildly different than how alfred molina plays him in this movie you know what i mean like, that's true you know what I mean like he yeah. does kind of seem like a this is it this is the character i think he's very good in it but yeah probably probably like it's a bit of a bit of a basic bitch joker. answer but yeah probably the joker so <laughs> okay yeah what about you oh to throw to throw one in there to throw one in there like i was saying i think you need to understand and maybe even agree with a villain to make them a great villain okay Thanos is a pretty great villain. Yes. First of all, he he's a great villain because he got great movies. I will hold my hands up and say like those last couple Avengers movies are pretty well done. Um so but like he you can understand and maybe even agree with what he's trying to do. He's just doing it in a bad way. Um and then the other the other comic book character who has not had any good movies but is uh, Victor Von Doom from the Fantastic Four movies. His whole thing is that he can see all of the versions of the future. Okay. 
and he has identified the best version of the future for humanity is the one in which he is the absolute like king ruler of the world and now like anyone who wants to be in power is going to say that but i think that's actually canon that's actually the truth is that if he is in charge of everything that the world is, is okay the world that's the most prosperous future for the world but it does mean being subjugated by this okay. you know egotistical maniac um but again like you sort of look at him and you're sort of like he has seen everything and he knows that this is the best way forward he's just not going about it in a way that you know we can all get behind if he had, you know democratically yeah. if he had run for ruler of the world i might have voted for him yeah but to come in there and be like i'm just going to take over you know kind of rubs people the wrong way can't agree with that yeah can't agree with that but yeah i'd say like you know, to to not be so basic, though those are another two pretty good superhero villains. What about you? Um, I kind of hadn't thought of Thanos and I don't know why, but I would probably say him maybe. Um, like you said, the movies themselves do a good job at explaining his kind of story and why he wants it. Yes, he goes about it the wrong way, and yes, you know, he kills some beloved characters along the way. Can we say kills but- if they come back in the next movie? Like um again the mcu just have no well, no, have no some of them, courage of their convictions no they, some of them are dead and have stayed dead but that but they chose to die <laughs> but they're still dead for now <laughs> they'd be it, like the only thing about the first oh i don't even, i'm not gonna say the, the first avengers movie where he showed up i can't remember if that's endgame or infinity war it's probably infinity war it must be but all the characters who died at the end of that movie all had movies coming out within the next six months. And so you're like, oh, so they're not dead then. They're, they're coming back to life. And it's sort of just like, you guys, you couldn't even make me think for one minute. Stress that, stress and worry about my people. Yeah, my that they were people. actually dead. The only character who is not coming back to life is T'Challa. That's the only yes. one who's off the table. They will never, ever redo T'Challa. They will just find other characters to be Black Panther. Yes. But they are 100% in five or ten years making another Iron Man movie. Yeah. With somebody playing Tony Stark. They are absolutely doing another Captain America where somebody is Steve Rogers. Like, it is happening because it's too much money. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so Thanos is probably mine. Uh, really, because he's the only main villain that I can kind of think of right now, so... I think, like, Loki for a time was a pretty good villain, but then they did sort of mess around with him, and now I think he's kind of a hero in his own TV show. I've I've never watched it. Yeah, he is kind of a hero. For me, I never saw him as a true villain, which, like, maybe people would disagree with, because he is supposed to be, like, the prankster god. Mm. I kind of just thought of him more in that role. Like, he was just kind of fucking shit up because he wanted to. Uh, As somebody who's watched a lot of, like... (laughs) prank videos on youtube i'll say right now those pranksters are fucking villains like, so <laughs> they all suck yeah and then and then i just brought up back black panther but again killmonger killmonger's probably the he's probably the coolest villain yes. the mcu have ever done and again because like you can kind of understand you get where he's coming from so like i don't know you you do run that risk sometimes like you said one of your favorite sequels there was the dark knight and people often I I I wouldn't say this criticism, but people often do criticize that movie 
by saying it's like it's not a Batman movie. It's actually a Joker movie because Heath Ledger's Joker is just way cooler than Christian Bale's Batman in that movie. And like, I get it. Like, yeah, Heath Ledger fucking steals the show. I get it. But yeah, like you do run the risk sometimes. I think if you make your villain too awesome that the villain then kind of takes over the whole movie. But at the same time, like if you make them lame, well, and I think I think it kind of goes back. The hero beats them. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to like we talked about it, like a similar situation in the Devil Wears Prada, that like we get to love. Yeah. Miranda and yeah. uh, Emily Blunt. You have to hate that you love them. Yeah, so and much. Emily Blunt's yeah. character because you kind of hate them so much yeah. that you then turn around and you're like, actually, I kind of love that I hate you guys. Whereas like Anne Hathaway's character. People, I think, have criticized you for calling her bland, by the way, in oh, that really? episode. Yeah. She is bland. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I, I don't I don't revel in that fact. I don't, people, en- I don't people, enjoy People it. don't like that you called her bland, but yes. Um, I think I called her boring. Or boring, maybe. Yeah. She is boring. Like, it's not my fault. I didn't write the movie. Um, But because we're with her for the full time, you kind of just need to be in a content place yeah. with them yeah. Yeah. and similar to this i think the villains you can get to see them their startup they're kind of getting to the peak where then they get to be really kind of crazy and evil and wanting whatever and then you get to see their demise so like they just got a better arc yeah or a better arch in the story yeah yeah and stuff so I think one one recent one um that i i did enjoy i don't think the villain necessarily stands out in the movie all that much but the most recent Batman with Robert Pattinson. I think the way that they had the villains in that movie was like really, really well done. Um, like Paul Dano is very, very good as the, as the Riddler, but then Colin Farrell as Penguin is like a really small part in the movie. But I was like, Hey, it's Colin Farrell. Like I'm already on board. Like I love this. Um, and then like, again, he seems to be having a really good time in the role. Just being like, this is nuts. It's like, I'm going to be nuts. The last I've heard is that they are making a TV show where he is going to be the main character. And it's going to be like a rise, like he's going to be like rising up the ranks of the criminal underworld in Gotham. Cool. And so like. I'm interested. Like we're going to get into sort of like anti-hero, like Sopranos Breaking Bad character where it's like, yes, technically he is a villain, but he's also going to be the main character. So you know, we're probably going to be rooting for him along the way. So that's why I sort of hesitate to say that he's a great villain because I know ultimately he's going to kind of be a hero. Yeah. He's they're going to kind of flip the tables they're on gonna him. Flip, you, they're going to want you to cheer for him and root for him. Um, but yeah, like more Colin Farrell, I'll take, I'll take more Colin Farrell any day. So yeah, that that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Uh, just to wrap up here, any, any sort of last thoughts or anything that you want to touch on for Spider-Man 2? Um, so the one thing when I was watching with Chris that he kept a, rally, a running total of is how many close-ups of women screaming do yeah. you have? Yeah. Is that a, like the director's kind of trademark thing? Because I kinda, think we yeah. got up to like 11 or 12. Yeah. So like he, Sam Raimi, he's an interesting guy, but he like came from like the horror world. Oh, and, okay. And like the movies that he made, um, they're like super low budget and they're, they're whatever. But like he, it's just like very campy. And so I understand now when the arms come alive in the surgery room oh, and are attacking. I can't believe we didn't bring up that scene. That scene is incredible. That's maybe the best scene in the entire movie. That, that might be the best scene 
in any Spider-Man movie at yeah. all. And when the al- arms none. came alive and yeah. stuff, and I was kind of like, "Ooh, this is very horror-like." Yeah, yeah. And he puts the a... woman, the woman gets dragged yeah. underneath the table and stuff. So if he's come from a horror background, That's this now makes sense. a five-minute horror short yeah. film in the middle of this. Yeah, like he, he yeah, he made. You ever hear of the Evil Dead movies? I think so. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably have. You've probably seen them around. Like the posters are pretty iconic. But um, he's just like he enjoys like campiness. And so to have a like overly exaggerated person scream directly into camera, he's just like, he's not going to not do that. Okay. So he, he's not going to give the, that opportunity up. Um, so yeah, like, the, yeah, there, there's a, there's a few. I think there's like 12. I think yeah. Chris was keeping account. But so what were some of, we'll give you a chance to go through your random. Some more of my stray thoughts. Yeah. Cause I'm, so... I'm interested to know. I think they all, they they did start with the pizza one where I was just like, that's bullshit. There's no pizza place would ever do that. The, the other one that I just loved where I was just like, this, goddamn, this is so silly. When Doc Ock goes to rob the bank. Yes. And then Spider-Man shows up and they have a little fight in the bank. Doc Ock is, first of all, the bank vault is just like there? heaving with yeah. sacks of money where it's like, Never really been in a bank vault, but I don't think that that's how they keep the money. It just sacks on the floor, like piled up like Scrooge McDuck. I don't think that's how this goes down. But then he starts picking up the sacks of money and throwing them at Spider-Man. Yeah. And when they explode, they're just filled with coins. And so I was like, oh, so this bank vault (laughs) has no money in it. It's just coins. Like they're just like dollar coins. And then the teller tries to take a coin. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. Joel McHale. I I do like Joel McHale. But um, I was just like, what kind of reality is this? That the bank has this kind of vault with sacks of coins in it and not like bills neatly stacked yeah. or or you know safe deposit boxes i was like what what, what is this but i was just like uh, i'll go with it who cares um the other one i wanted to bring up and like i understand that this is a thing that unfortunately does happen to people so i don't want to necessarily make a joke of it okay but how the hell did aunt may and uncle ben not have that house paid off like, oh yes they have like mortgage issues and you're like you guys have been there for fucking 60 years like true Pay off your mortgage. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. What's what's going on here? Like, they, they could have been, you know, the, they could have been the victim of a reverse mortgage scheme. And I, you know, if that's what happened, then, you know, all sympathy to Aunt, Aunt May. But, like, my God, guys. Yeah. Like, you were both retired at the beginning of the first movie. So, like, you had been working if you got retired. True. Just pay off the house. Pay off the house. The, la- the last two I want to bring up. One, one is, like, I just don't understand. But... Uh, I was sort of like, I guess it looked cool. Okay. Is that when Peter saves Mary Jane at the end of the movie and they, they swing off together, he then creates a perfect a s- spider net, web, perfect yeah. spider web for them to hang out in. Yeah. I was like, like, this is so unnecessary. I had, I had that thought too. I was like, okay, usually you guys go to like a bridge. Like usually they swing off to bridges and like yeah. talk at the top of a bridge and stuff. So all, all I could think of was like, what was Mary Jane doing? When he was doing this. Because it's like visually perfect. Yeah. And they just sit in it. And uh, and like he crawls over to her like a spider. Yeah. And you're just like, what <laughs> is going on? So yeah, there's that one. The one that I truly loved. Because I was like, somebody wrote this and then forgot they wrote this. Okay. Is when Harry and Doc Ock make their uh, plan together that, you know. 
Doc Ock is going to bring Spider-Man to Harry and Harry will fund uh, the last little bit of Doc Ock's uh, experiment. He says, go find Peter Parker because Peter Parker will lead you to Spider-Man. Yeah. And then as Doc Ock is leaving, Harry yells to him, do not hurt Peter. Yes. Don't hurt Peter. Because at this stage, Harry doesn't know. Yeah. And they're, you know, good friends. Don't hurt Peter. What does Doc Ock do when he finds Peter? He throws a car through the window at him. (laughs) (laughs) That was Doc Ock's plan. To throw a car through a cafe window at Peter Parker. And anybody else who's there. Anybody Who doesn't give a shit who else might be having their morning cup of joe. The last instruction to him was, do not hurt Peter. And the first thing he does is throw a car at him. And so, like, thank God Peter is Spider-Man and got out of the way. But I was like, could you imagine? So that leads me to, like, my random thought that I pretty much have in every superhero movie. Every time this happens is, how do they do insurance claims? Like, the amount of cars that get thrown. The amount of destruction. Yeah, yeah. Buildings just being, like, torn apart and bricks being torn out of buildings and things like that. I'm just there being like... Those people have to claim now insurance and like. Well, like I do, I do love this scene, but when, when, uh, Spider-Man stops the train. Yes. He stops it by shooting all the webs on the building and making like, you know, resistance barriers or whatever. But the first time he does that, it's not enough. And so he pulls them off. The webs come off and like they pull off and like a whole floor's worth of brick and window. And you're just like some poor bum is probably yeah. at his desk job just sitting there being like the fuck and it's like i quit I yeah quit. i would yep the but. other thing with the train we couldn't understand why the train track just stops yeah in the middle yeah. of the city yeah yeah it's not like at the end it's not yeah it's not at like a river yeah and right, there's like, there's also no station at yeah that's so like why does it stop there like the tracks just literally end yeah and we we're kind of just like Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, whatever. Suspend suspend animation or yeah, yeah. suspend what's the D- phrase? Dis- disbelief. Disbelief and yeah. things like that. So, sure, yeah. why not? <laughs> Listen, I love this movie. <laughs> despite everything I've just said, despite all the things which sort of like that's a head scratcher, I do love this movie and I I think it's I think it's the best. What just before we go, just before we actually wrap up here, what is your top Let's go top 3. Top 3 Spider-Man. Top top five Spider. How many Spider-Man movies are there? Ten. Probably. Tobey Maguire did three. Andrew Garfield did two. Two. Yeah. Tom Holland. Has, if we're doing only Spider-Man's, he's has done three. Three. And and then one 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 so Spider Verse. So there's nine. The new. So there's nine. So give okay. me. What is your top five? Oh Jesus. Um. Top one. Top one's probably Into the Spider-Verse. That's number one. That's probably number one. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I love the animation. I love the story. I love just all the different spiders. <laughs> the spider people. Yeah. You can't even call them necessarily Spider-Men. Yeah. Because they're not all men. Um, but they're yeah, that's all, they're probably... They're not all human. They're not all human. They're not all... Spider creatures. Spider, yeah. All the Spideys. We'll yeah. Just, all the Spideys. We love all the Spideys. So yeah, that's probably number one. I probably have... Maybe the first Tom Holland in my second slot. So that's that's Homecoming? Homecoming. Yeah. Maybe his third one. I'm trying to remember them all now. His third one as my third. That's No Way Home. No Way Home. Um, Just because I love 
Well, you like Tom Holland. I think. Uh, yeah. You really like him as Spider-Man. I like Peter him Parker. as Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's probably this Spider-Man 2. And then maybe it's a toss-up between the other Tom Holland and Spider-Man 1. 1. The yeah. original Tobey Maguire 1. The original Tobey Maguire. So I've got I've got Homecoming as 5. No Way Home as 4. And then the, it is a bit of a gap between that. And number 3 is the first Maguire Spider-Man. Okay. Number 2 is... Spider Verse and number one is is Spider Man two yeah but I would I would have like those those three those top three are like great yeah the Tom Holland ones then are like good and then we get into like yeah, these yeah. Are, these and I feel bad for Tom Holland because in ranking of MCU movies he's usually at the bottom <laughs> oh really yeah oh, okay um, so yeah so even though you like him as Spider Man I don't necessarily movies. like his movies ah, per interesting se. okay so okay interesting. Well, should we wrap up? Should we tease next week's episode? Sure. We're doing another big franchise movie. Kind of another sequel. Another it's, sequel, like, I guess. I guess technically <laughs> it is the the restart though. Yeah. Of of this franchise and yeah, I I can remember seeing this franchise. We haven't technically we haven't actually really done too many movies where I can be I can be like, yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters. But this is one of them? This is one of them. Okay. Yeah. So looking forward to next week then. Okay. Yeah. See everybody then. We'll see you then.